blessing to be here tonight. Take your Bibles, go to Second Chronicles chapter number 6. We're going to read a couple of verses there in just a moment. I appreciate the opportunity to speak for the Lord tonight. appreciate our pastor, the staff, and all that goes on here. And I know it's an awful lot to have to handle week to week, day to day, especially in light of the pandemic. And so we want to continue to pray for our church staff, especially our pastor and his family. Amen. Well, I didn't get an amen back, so let me say that again. We need to pray for our pastor and his family. Amen. Amen. All right. Making sure you're awake. All right. Second Chronicles chapter 6 and verse number 2. If you'll stand with me, please, we're going to read this verse, chapter 6 and verse number 2, and then we'll look at verse 20. And just for time's sake, we won't read the verses in between, but we will talk about some things found in this chapter. Second Chronicles chapter number 6, and look at verse number 2. But I have built an house of habitation for thee, and a place for thy dwelling forever. Then if you look with me in verse number 20, that thine eyes may be open upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof thou hast said that thou wouldest put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prayeth toward this place. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege to be in this place tonight with your dear people. And we ask, dear Lord, that you might meet with us. And Lord, as she sang a moment ago, in the presence of Jehovah, help us to remember that that's where we are tonight. Lord, we're in your presence. Father, we pray we would know that your presence is here. And not only would it be felt, but Lord, be evident through the preaching and through the response. Lord, may your will be done in each of our hearts and lives tonight. Thank you so much for this church, Lord, and all of the staff and the pastor and his family, Lord, thank you so much for how you blessed us. We do pray again for Brother Buddy that you'd help him tonight. You'd touch him, Lord, and help the doctors to find exactly what's going on and correct it. Father, be with Miss Faye as well. And we do pray for Gretchen and her family, Lord, and we just pray that you'd be near and dear to them, especially in the days ahead. Guide us, Lord, by thy spirit tonight. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. You know, in the Word of God, much is made about places. For example, the Garden of Eden was a place. Noah's Ark was a place. The Tower of Babel was a place. Bethel was a place. Solomon Gomorrah was a place. Abraham's altar, where he was told by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, was a place. Egypt was a place. The Red Sea was a place. The wilderness was a place. The tabernacle was a place. The promised land was a place. The nation of Israel was a place. And on and on and on we could go all the way through the word of God. The Bible is full of places. In 2 Chronicles, God mentions a place called the temple. It's a very special time in the lives of God people, God's people here. Because David, who had in his heart to build a house for the Lord, and the Lord did not allow him to, if you know the story. But Solomon was allowed to build the temple for the Lord. In fact, if you look at the, at the end of chapter 5, you'll see what happened as they finished the building of the temple. And all the furniture was brought into the temple. The Ark of the Covenant and all the things that needed to be in the temple was brought in. Look in verse number 13. It came to pass, it came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they had lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, 
and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. Then notice this part, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Isn't that what we want here? Amen. The glory of the Lord to fill this place. We thank God for the, the place that we have tonight. The temple was a place. The tabernacle, of course, if you remember, before the temple was the place that God uh, had met with his people at, met with his priests at. The tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant was there. God met with them. Solomon allowed to build the temple, this permanent place, if you would, for God to dwell and meet with Israel. It's just been completed. It's dedicated now. In 2 Chronicles chapter number 6, beginning in verse 14, all the way to the end of, end of the chapter, Solomon makes a dedication prayer. We won't take time to look at that. We looked at one verse in it already in verse 20. And I want us to think about tonight this subject. Thank God for this place. Thank God for this place. You know, we're just finishing up Thanksgiving, the holiday Thanksgiving. But folks, Thanksgiving is not just a day. It's a season, or not just a season, it's an attitude. It's a daily thing. Amen? We should be thankful on January the 1st. We should be thankful on May the 7th. We should be thankful on August the 3rd. We should be thankful on October the 31st even. We certainly should be thankful on Thanksgiving Day. Every day of the year, 365 days in a year, we should be thankful every day. And so as we think about Thanksgiving just happening as far as the holiday goes, and as we think about this special time in our lives and the special time we find here in the nation of Israel's life, as they dedicate this temple, they complete this temple, the glory of God fills the temple. Tonight I want us to think about a special place. And that's the place of Central Baptist Church. And I want us just to spend a few minutes thinking about and thanking God for this place. Would you do that with me tonight? Let's pray one more time. Father, help us. And thank you, Lord, for Central Baptist Church. Lord, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the people. We are thankful for the facilities, for the building, for the structure, and for a place to meet. But, Lord, the church, we understand, is your people. You're born-again, baptized people. We thank you, Lord, for this place tonight, for these dear people. We pray that you speak to us tonight. And may, Lord, this message help us to be more thankful than we've ever been for this church and what it means in our lives and we'll give you all the glory and praise in Jesus name we ask it amen aren't you glad for Central Baptist Church tonight amen thank you staff for saying amen aren't you glad for Central Baptist Church tonight now folks if there were stairs I would run up and down the stairs and amen myself okay but there's not and I can't jump down there because I'll break something and it would be too long for me to get back up here so y'all gonna have to help me amen Thank you. That's one or two. Let's do it again. Are we in a Baptist church tonight? All right. Let's be a Baptist and say amen. We need to say amen. Praise the Lord. Listen, thank God for Central Baptist Church. Thank the Lord for the ministries of Central Baptist Church. Thank God for a pastor some long time ago who took the church by the name of C.R. Williams. Amen. How many of you folks remember? We're members here when Brother Williams was a pastor. A long time ago. Many are home tonight, I understand, and not here. Some have gone on to be with the Lord with Brother Williams. But thank God for the ministry of Brother Williams. Thank God for Brother George who came after him. Thank God for Brother Miller who came after him. And thank God for Brother Andrews who is here tonight. Thank God for the ministries and the pastors of Central Baptist Church. And thank God for this place. Now, I want us to remind ourselves tonight of why we should thank God for this place. Let me give you five quick things. Number one, thank God for this place. Number one, because it's a place of praise. It ought to be. 
Amen? It's a place of praise. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah chapter number 33. And look with me, if you will, in verse number 11. Jeremiah 33 in verse number 11. Give you a moment to find it. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number 11. All right, Jeremiah 33, 11, the Bible says, The voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the voice of them that shall say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And of them that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land as at the first, saith the Lord. So why should we thank God for this place? Number one, it ought to be a place of praise. Listen, there's nobody more worthy of praise than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Are you praising God tonight in your heart? Are you praising God tonight in your spirit? You ought to be if you're not. No one ought to be praising God more than his children. Amen. Listen, the church is a testament to the grace of God, to the mercy of God, to the sovereignty of God, to the goodness of God. Now, you and I live in a day and age where many places that call themselves churches have a warped idea of what praise is. Amen. Folks, there's a lot of false praise out there. There's a lot of false worship out there. Praise is not about dancing in the pews. Amen. Praise is not about swinging from the chandeliers or putting on a rock concert. That's not praise necessarily in the eyes of God, getting slain in the spirit. I've never been slain in the spirit, have you? I don't want to be slain in the spirit, amen. Praise is about thanking a merciful and gracious God for his goodness and his mercy and his love to us. And folks, when you think about how good God's been to you, if you're a child of God tonight, you can't help but praise the Lord. Amen. Brother Jeff Walters, who used to be on staff here many years ago, the bus cap, the bus director, and Sunday school teacher, and wore two or three other hats around here. He used to teach our Sunday school class, single adults, many years ago. One of the things he had a habit of doing, and I don't do this as often as I should, but it, it did influence me some, and I praise the Lord for what he did and how it helped me. It still helps me. But he, every day would take about 10 minutes. Every day of his life, he could be in the middle of work. He could be driving somewhere. Sometimes he said he would pull over on the side of the road and just stop for 5 to 10 minutes, something like that. He would just go back and remember the moment and the day that God saved him on purpose. He said he never wanted to get old. He never wanted to get stale. He wanted it to always be fresh in his mind and fresh in his heart. And every time he did, he said he would just praise the Lord for what God had done for him. Folks, we got a lot to praise God about tonight. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 22, in verse 22, in the midst of the congregation, will I praise thee. In verse 25, it says, my praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. In Psalm 35, 18, it says, I will praise thee among much people. In Psalm 89, 5, in the heavens shall praise thy wonders. In Psalm 107, 32, praise him in the assembly of the elders. In Psalm 111, 1, praise you the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. In Psalm 149.1, praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of the saints. In Hebrews 2, chapter 12, it says, In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Folks, if there's anybody that ought to be praising God, it ought to be God's people. Thank God for Central Baptist Church. Thank God for this place. It's a place of praise. We ought to praise God for the physical blessings that he gives us. God gave you eyes tonight to see. Thank God for that. God gave you ears that can hear, a mouth that can speak, a mind that can think, hands that can work, and feet 
that can walk. Thank God for what he's done for us. God's worthy to be praised. The physical blessings. The financial blessings. Let me ask you a question. Did you have a place to lay your head last night? By the way, Jesus didn't. But many of us do, and most of us, if not all of us, do. Thank God for that. Do you have a roof over your head at night? Let me ask you this question. In the last few days, have you eaten any food? Some of us weigh too much. Aren't you glad for Thanksgiving Day? Thanksgiving meals? How many of y'all are glad for Thanksgiving meals? Let me see your hand. The rest of you are lying, amen. Aren't you glad for Thanksgiving meals? One of the greatest things about Thanksgiving, the family, yes, but the food. The fellowship, yes, oh, but the food, amen. Aren't you glad for Thanksgiving? The holiday, but what about the food? And on and on we could go talking about the food. Thank God for Thanksgiving. Thank God for the fellowship and the family and the fun. But thank God for the food. Amen. The physical blessings. God has blessed us financially, physically. We don't have any reason to gripe. Amen. Preacher said it this morning. You can't gripe and praise the Lord and give glory to God at the same time. It's not possible. We shouldn't be griping. And by the way, we shouldn't be whining. Amen. Folks, I know we're having all kinds of stuff going on in our country with the political stuff that's going on and all the pandemic things and all the media and all the things that we could really get in the flesh about if we wanted to. But let me tell you something. None of this took God by surprise. Thousands of years ago, God knew all this was going to happen. He allowed it to happen. The king's heart's in the hand of the Lord and he turneth it with us whoever he will. God's still in charge of this country, folks. It doesn't matter who gets in the White House, whether it's Donald Trump, Joe Biden or somebody else, it doesn't matter who it is. Guess what? God's still in charge. And God's still going to take care of his people. Amen. We have no reason to gripe or whine or complain. We ought to praise God for the physical blessings, the financial blessings, the spiritual blessings. Folks, you have a church home to go to. We ought to be shouting God about that. Amen. Folks, if you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, you ought to be shouting God about that. If you've gotten your sins forgiven, amen, and, you, and your, your names in the Lamb's book of life, you ought to be shouting God about that tonight. Listen, you're going to heaven. You ought to shout and praise God about that. One of these days, a trumpet's going to sound, and we're all going to go to heaven to be with the Lord. We ought to shout about that for a while. Folks, may God help us to be a praise, to praise Him. He's praiseworthy, amen. We ought to praise Him because of what He's done for us. He's been so good to us. Oh, my soul, may God help us. Hundreds of millions of people are still waiting to hear the name of Jesus. Millions have no church to call home. Millions don't even know what salvation is. Millions have, don't even have a page, not one page, of the Word of God. You ought to praise God for your Bible tonight. Thank God we have it. I read about a missionary who went to Tanzania in East Africa. And he found some villagers with a Bible, but they couldn't read and only had one Bible among the whole village. And so they took one page a day and they made soup with that page in it. And each villager would take a small spoonful of the soup trying to get the word of God in them. Now, they didn't have that exactly right, did they? But aren't you thankful you have a word of God tonight? Listen, most of us have several Bibles around the house. Do you know how many people would, would, would literally give their lives to have a copy of God's Word? And how many times we're so flippant with it, we just take it and toss it somewhere. We don't read it. We don't study it. We don't memorize it. We don't meditate upon it. 
May God forgive us tonight. May God help us to realize what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. He's worthy to be praised. We ought to be shouting, God, we have a church home. We ought to thank God for this place and thank God for this book. What's our complaint? What's our problem? What was that about the preacher preaching too long? Or the service being too long? Folks, we shouldn't gripe about that. Thank God that we have a place to come to. Thank God that we have a word of God to open and read from and learn from. Oh, may the Lord help us. May we be hungry for God's word and hungry for God. We should thank God for this place. What a shout the house down. What a, it's a place of praise. Let me tell you what else it is. It's a place of prayer. Go to Isaiah chapter 56. Isaiah chapter number 56. Just back to your left from Jeremiah there if you're still there. Isaiah 56 and verse number 7. Isaiah chapter 56 and verse number 7. Even then will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer for all people. It's always been God's intention for the church house to be a house of prayer. Amen. Now folks, we live in a day and age where it's everything but a house of prayer. And that's sad. That's not God's intention at all. Nowadays, it's a house of pride. It's a house of social gathering. It's a house of committees. It's a house of ear tickling. It's a house of worldly music. It's a house of entertainment. It's a house of soothing the conscience. It's a house of healing lines. It's a house of greed. It's a house of uh, casual attitudes toward the things of God. Folks, that ought never to be about this place, Central Baptist Church. May it always be a house of praise and a place of praise and a place of prayer. God's not changed his mind. You remember in Matthew 21 when Jesus walked into the temple and he saw a flea market going on instead of a church service. Go to Matthew 21, look at verse 12 with me, would you? Matthew 21 and verse number 12. Matthew 21, verse number 12 and 13. Matthew 21, verses number 12 and 13. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Oh, listen to me tonight. If God's, if this church, if Central Baptist Church is ever going to fulfill its purpose as a church, we've got to be a house of prayer. Folks, prayer is what changes things, amen? Prayer is what gets a hold of God and, and, and tugs at his heartstrings and causes him to act. When should we pray? Well, I think we ought to pray before we ever get here. Amen? You know how you prepare for church? Well, preacher, you just get dressed. You, you know, put on your clothes, take a shower, and... Get in your car. And you, no, there's more to it than just that. Amen? We ought to be praying as we come. Before we get here, Lord, speak to my heart. God, help me. Lord, change a life today. Change my life today. We ought to be praying those kinds of prayers before we ever get into the, onto the property. Once we get here, we ought to get settled fairly quickly and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, help me. Change my life today. Lord, help the preacher. Give him power. Fill him with your spirit. Use him mightily today as he preaches the word of God. We ought to be praying those kind of things as we come into the house of God. 
Pray before we get here. Pray when we are here. Then pray when we leave here. This is a house of prayer, folks. A place of prayer. A place of praise and a place of prayer. Thank God for this place. Well, obey this church in prayer. And I know many of you do. Don't stop. Keep doing it. Amen. Saturate this church in prayer. Saturate this staff and this pastor and his family. Pray for him every day. By the way, he prays for you every day. Amen. The least we can do is pray for him every day. We ought to do that, folks, for each other. We ought to love the Lord that much. We've seen big days here. We've had big days of attendance. And big, I remember back when the, this new building first opened. I want to say, I think it's on the plaque out there, outside the building there, engraved in stone. I believe it's November the 4th, 1979. I think that's the right year. I may be off on the year. We had Dr. J. Harold Smith here. This is before all this remodeling. It was a totally different look in this auditorium. The old orange-looking carpet, <laughs> or red. I'm colorblind, so it was some kind of color like that. Those pews had three rows of pews with two aisles. Had a big balcony. The balcony was still there, but there was seating under the balcony. The foyer was about a third of the size it is now. A lot smaller. Totally different look. Totally different everything. But folks, on this property, counting what we had in the auditorium and in, with the buses, we had over 2,000 people here that day for this opening service, this grand opening service. And dozens and dozens of people were saved. Big days. I remember the day I got saved, March the 2nd, 1986. In this auditorium, in this building, in this place. Standing right here. Right up, this platform's been extended so the pews or the altar would have been somewhere ending about right here, I'm assuming. And right here, on my knees, I asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me. As Dr. J. Hill Smith finished up preaching God's three deadlines. Folks, I thank God for this place. And every time in church, the Lord knows my heart. Every time I'm in church, I look toward this place where I knelt and, and asked Jesus to be my Savior. And I'm not near what I ought to be for the Lord, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. And I'm going to heaven tonight. And if I died right now behind this pulpit, I'd wake up in glory and see the Lord Jesus because of this place. I thank God for this place. I thank God for big days. But let me tell you what's more important than big days. That's prayer days. You know what makes a big day a big day in a church? It's a prayer day. It's the prayers of God's people. Folks, let's don't we'll ever stop praying. Let's don't ever stop praising. Let's thank God for this place. And thank God it's a place of praise and a place of prayer. I'm trying to hurry. It's also supposed to be a place of power. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20, a familiar verse. Ephesians chapter number 3. In verse number 20. Ephesians 3, verse number 20. A place of praise, a place of prayer. And then notice, we're in a place of power. Ephesians 3, 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, I want you to notice the first part of that verse. Now, unto him that is able to do. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. The Bible doesn't just say there that God is able to do. It says he's able to do exceeding. It doesn't stop there. It says exceeding abundantly. 
And just to make sure that we understand what he's talking about, he says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Folks, you and I tonight serve a powerful God. He's not only omniscient, all-knowing. He's not only omnipresent everywhere at the same time, but he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. Is there anything too hard for the Lord, the scripture says? And the obvious answer is no, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Aren't you glad you serve a God like that tonight? Folks, that's something to shout about right there. We have a God that's all-powerful, and this ought to be a place of power. God is able to do, not was able, not might be able, not can, maybe can do, but is able tonight. He's able to do whatever he wants to do because he's God, exceeding abundantly. God is great, yes. He can do wonderful things, yes. He's powerful, yes. But you know what we do? We limit God a lot of times in our thinking. Folks, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Do we really think that this election is a problem for God? <laughs> Do we really think that this pandemic is a problem for God? No. Folks, God is way above all of that. He's supreme. He's sovereign. He's in charge tonight. There's nothing. There's absolutely no limit to what God can do. There's no sin. There's no problem. There's no heartache. There's no prayer too hard for God to answer. There's no loved one too hard for God to save. How many of you got somebody you're praying for tonight you want them to be saved? How many of you got a loved one that you're burdened about tonight and you want them to come back to God? We all do. Let me tell you something. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praying. God's able to, to save them. God's able to bring them back. Keep praying. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Why should we thank God for this place? Because it's a place of praise. It's a place of prayer. It's a place of power. And number four, it's a place of preaching. A place of preaching. Oh, listen, how much preaching have we heard over the years in this place? Now, you think about it with me, especially some of you members that have been here. How many of you have been here five years or more? Raise your hand. All right, 10 years or more, keep them up. 20 years or more? All right, 25 years or more? 30 years or more? Come on. Some of our folks are not here tonight. There's some with hands up. Anybody been here over 50 years in this place? Look at there. We've got some here. My family and I, at least my family, not my wife necessarily as much as me, but I've been here 45 years off and on. 45 years. We started coming to this church as a young boy riding a bus. Thank God for the bus ministry. Amen. Thank God for the bus ministry. Thank God for that bus captain and his wife, Brother Miss Lubert, who would faithfully come by and pick us up and bring us to church. And by the way, thank God for Brother Williams Jr., Brother, Brother Charles, who used to pick us up at the old building. Thank God for that. I don't ever want to forget where I've come from. By the way, we were going to a Mormon church at the time. Neighbors down the road were Mormons. And we were going. We didn't know any different. We didn't know any better. I mean, they fed us there, and they had games there. We were just kids going to church, didn't know what we were doing. But thank God for a bus ministry. Thank God for this place. It's been a place of preaching. I think about all the preachers that have come through here over the years. Oh, my soul, the preachers. I mentioned the pastors, Brother Williams, Brother George, Brother Miller, now Brother Andrews. Great preaching. Great men of God have stood behind this pulpit. I think of people like Lee Robertson, who's preached here many times. Al Lacey, who's preached here. Dr. J. Harold Smith. Jerry Falwell's preached here. James Robinson, when he was straight with his doctrine, preached here. So many others. Dr. Howes preached here. 
And on and on and on you go as a list of out on the great Paul Ragland preached here. Great men of God that have, now, men have gone on to heaven with the Lord. A place of preaching. Folks, preaching is what we need, by the way, in this country. We need somebody to rear back and just preach the word of God. That's what people need. You know what will solve the problems in America tonight? What will solve the problems in our world tonight? It's folks who just get behind the pulpit and rear up and preach God's word the way it ought to be preached. Folks, that's what we need. Say, so well, I don't like to come to church to get my toes stepped on. I don't either. I don't want my toes stepped on. I want my heart worked on, not my toes. If somebody hits your toes, they missed. They didn't aim for your heart. May God help us a place of preaching. See, it's preaching that brings direction to the wandering life. It's preaching that brings encouragement to those that are discouraged. It's preaching that brings faith to the doubter. It's preaching that brings deliverance to the captive. It's preaching that brings drink to the thirsty. Oh, my soul. And by the way, the power of the preaching is not found in the messenger, but in the message. It's not found in the power of the speaker, but in the power of the scripture. It's not found in the one who speaks, but rather the one for whom he speaks. That's where the power is. And that's what makes preaching so wonderful. A church without preaching is like a hospital with no doctors. It's like a library with no books. It's like a fire department with no hoses. Folks, what is church without preaching? And thank God for this place. We have preaching around here. Amen. Amen. Our pastor rears back and preaches. And I like it. Don't you? Amen. And the other men that fill in on this recently on Sunday night and has been filling in some, they stand back and they preach the word of God. That's the way it ought to be. Thank God for preaching. And that's been the legacy of this church for decades. And it needs to continue to be that. Preaching the word of God. A place of preaching. Practical preaching. Powerful preaching. Personal preaching. Passionate preaching. And what is it that we should preach? Well, number one, we ought to preach Christ. Amen. Well, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ, it says in the book of Acts. We need to preach the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the answer for men's problems. I thank God we come here and we lift up the Lord. We magnify the Lord. We glorify the Lord. Our singing doesn't glorify flesh. I thank God for that. I thank God we come here and don't have to worry about some man being lifted up. No, no, no. Jesus is lifted up. We're preaching him. We're preaching his word. Thank God. By the way, the Bible says preach the word. We're commanded to. And it's not just preachers behind a pulpit that preach the word. You and I get to preach the word as lay people. Did you know that? When you share the gospel with somebody, you're preaching the word. When you give somebody a gospel tract, you're preaching the word. When you tell somebody about Jesus and how you got saved and you want them to be saved, you're preaching the word. And by the way, that goes for men and women. You believe in women preachers? Not as pastors, but I do believe in women preaching. Amen. Sharing the gospel and telling folks about Jesus, that's as, as close to preaching you're going to get. May God help us to preach. Preach the word. Preach the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for this place. It has all these things. It's a place of praise, a place of prayer, a place of power, and a place of preaching. And last of all, it has been and I believe still is and continues to need to be a place of purity. Now hear me just for a moment, a place of purity. Here's what I mean by that. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 5, turn over there if you will, Ephesians 5, we were right there close to it a moment ago. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 25. 
Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 25, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Notice verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Notice that it should be holy and without blemish. Folks, this is talking about the church, not the building, but the people. That it should be holy and without blemish. Did you know God's not changed his desire for men and women to be holy? Be ye therefore holy, for I am holy. That's what the Bible says. Folks, we need to be holy Christians. We have a holy Bible. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We're going to a holy heaven prepared by a holy God. We need to be holy. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, the Bible says. Be ye holy, for I am holy. God's not changed his desire for men to be holy. God's not changed his design for the church to be pure. You know what? We should be abstaining from some things. There's some things that God's people ought not to do. We ought not, the Bible says we can be in the world, but not of the world. In John chapter 17, that's what the Lord Jesus prayed for the disciples. We're in the world, yes, we have to live here, but by the way, we're just pilgrims passing through, amen. But we shouldn't be of the world. In fact, the Bible says don't even get spotted by the world. We ought to be different in the way we live and the way we behave. God's people have no business drinking and smoking and chewing and gambling and cussing. Amen. We have no business doing that. And I'm not saying that we do. I pray to God none of us do. Amen. But this is a place of purity. And we ought to thank God for it. And so we shouldn't be involved in those kind of things. As a Christian, as a church body, we should refrain from immoral behavior and improper relationships, fornication and adultery and all appearance of evil. The Bible says abstain from all appearance of evil. The psalmist said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. We ought to be careful in our appearance, in our attitude, in our action, in our words, in our thoughts. There are things we should not be involved in, things we should not be doing. We shouldn't look like the world, talk like the world, dress like the world, behave like the world. May God help us. We're to be different. We're to come out from among them, the Bible says, and be separate. It's a place of purity. God expects us to be holy people. You know, and, and, and we get bogged down in standards, and, and that's not my place to preach those things behind this pulpit. But you know what separation is, just in a nutshell? Separation is, is much easier when we separate ourselves to the Lord and from the world. Now, let me explain that for a moment, if I might. We focus sometimes on separating from the world. And I'm not saying we shouldn't because we should. But it's so much easier when you separate to the Lord first. When you surrender to God first, it's a lot easier to separate from. Because this is like preacher preached this morning. When you love the Lord like you ought to love him. Amen. Oh, you want to serve him. The love of Christ will constrain you like it did the Apostle Paul. You'll want to live for the Lord. There'll be some things you're not going to want to do anymore when you love Jesus. It is a love problem. That's why we should love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. May God help us to continue to be a place of praise, the place of prayer, the place of power, 
the place of preaching, and the place of purity. Now, folks, in the day and age that we live in, we're going to have to work hard to keep it that way. This is a wicked world we live in. Some of our homes have already been ravaged by sin and ravaged by the world. I know how we need the Lord's help. You know, in my heart and life, I want to be a Christian that praises God, a Christian that spends time in prayer, a Christian that definitely has his power. And I want to preach the word of God, and I want to keep myself pure. And if all of us would have those same things in our lives, then, oh, we got such a, such a church and such a place to be thankful for. Let's bow for prayer tonight. In just a moment, I'm going to turn the service over to the pastor. But if you're here tonight and the Lord spoke to your heart, I hope you'll let the Lord speak to you and allow you to, and you'll make the decision you need to make. Father, you know our hearts tonight. You know mine. And Lord, I need all of these things more in my life. I do thank you for this place and for this ministry and for what it means to me personally, to my family, Lord. There's no way I could ever repay, Lord, what this church and this dear, these dear people here, not only these, but the ones that have been here before and have gone on to heaven. Lord, those that are at home watching through the Internet that wanted to be here but couldn't be, there's no way to repay what they mean to us. We thank you, Lord. For this place and God I pray you'd help us to keep it the right kind of place Lord to be the old lighthouse on the hill that shines the light and that the lost may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven please direct this invitation now Lord we pray it all in Jesus name let's stand to our feet tonight with our heads